Welcome to Establish the Edge. I'm your host, Mike Leone, back with an underperformers podcast last week off due to Thanksgiving, but back at it. And tonight I'll have the podcast with Adam Rausch looking at GPP game scores for week 13. But before we get into it, I want to note that this podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. They have launched their best ball playoff contest, which is a ton of fun. I actually did a draft with Peter Overset, Pat Crane, and Ben Gretsch ship chasing last night. It's a good time to get the drafts in. Justin Herzig is working on our rankings right now, but there's a lot more opportunities to build high upside teams the earlier you draft, given the uncertainty of which teams make the playoffs. So if you haven't played Underdog Fantasy before, use promo code ETR. You'll get a $100 match deposit bonus on that first deposit. So again, make sure to take advantage of that. Use promo code ETR. And of course, we still have our weekly battle royale rankings if you want to play Snake Draft DFS over on Underdog Fantasy. Now, um, here's the results from the Bileone running back model for the last couple of weeks since we missed a week. You can see Najee Harris comes through in a huge way, which is someone that I sort of recommended not to, to listen to the model. So score one for the for machine over man there. And uh, it does go to show you when we have players that are consistently getting the volume, even if we think they stink, if they're not going to lose more of the work, you know, they can run into some efficiency games here and there. Jalen Warren gets banged up. All of a sudden we see some big performances from Najee Harris. You're not some, you know, and then Harris of course ends up getting banged up last week. So not someone that I'm super into down the stretch, but it does go to show you that even the boring guys that we're kind of sick of, they can get there. Uh, in a big way for, from time to time. Um, not a whole lot going on here. The running back model, as I, I've noted, is a lot more boring than the past catching one. You'll see some consistent names on here. The Washington guys have been tough to get a hold of. You see Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson both failed the weeks that they were on the model, and it's just been tough to predict You know which way the use is going to lean there uh, one week or the other. Uh, the week that Josh Jacobs was on it in week 11 was not for his 50 point week last week. He came off it because he had a strong performance in week 11, putting up 19 fantasy points. And just like the pass catcher model, it's really important. We pay attention. I think when we see a name on here that we think is good, um, Alvin Kamara has been one that's been disappointing, but you see a guy like Josh Jacobs, you want to pay attention. And if we look to this week's model, you see a couple of guys that I think fit that role. Uh, the first guy would be Austin Eckler, whose role is just absolutely absurd. You know, he's averaging 18.8 PPR points per game over his last three, and he still makes the underperformer model. Um, that's because his pass catching role is absolutely absurd. His goal line roles absurd. The high value touches, you know, he's the definition of the high value touches being important. So definitely paying attention. Expect to see some really big ceiling games from Austin Eckler. His season's been a little bit of a roller coaster, started off slow. Had some weeks where he just seemed unfatable, and then he's been kind of in the middle lately. So look for, for an uptick there. We also get Dalvin Cook on the model, and he's someone I'm really interested in down the stretch. Over his last four games, he's only scored one touchdown, so that's part of the reason for the underperformance. We've also seen out of the bye week in his last five games, and four of them he has five or six targets. And that increase in pass catching roles supported by the route data with that shoulder being healthier, he's running more routes. We're seeing less of that work go to Alexander Madison. So excited for him. Rashad White makes an appearance on here with Rashad White. I think 
he, you know, it, we're not seeing Tampa Bay be as crazy in terms of high value touches for the running back position, but he did get loaded up with targets in that Cleveland game. Leonard Fournette could be back. So it'll be interesting to see what the split looks like there. Still excited for Rashad White. I think he ends up playing more than Leonard Fournette, but Fournette could steal some of the goal line work, which would be disappointing. Uh, two guys that have been on here a lot that I'm sticking with are DeAndre Swift and Alvin Kamara. Uh, and of course, context matters. With Swift, it's interesting that he hasn't played much and the model's still identifying him, which you know, kind of we go back to Eckler. It's like a mini version of the high value touches where when he is playing, he's getting targeted at a high rate. He's being used by the goal line quite a bit, had the two point conversion against the Bills, almost scored like two or three times in that game as well, despite not playing a lot. So I like the dynamic where he's okay in the current role. And if they do ever decide to increase those snaps, we could see a really high ceiling week out of DeAndre Swift. And then Alvin Kamara, you know, I don't know if this week's the week with the matchup against Tampa Bay, but he's just being utilized too much, you know, to not perform better. You can see the model thinks he should have scored about a point more and the model is pretty conservative than he has over his last three, but our, our weekly DFS projection for the week's even higher. It shows an even bigger underperformance in that regard. We go to the wide receiver model as far as the results and the best result of the last two weeks for the model is a Jones, you know, not someone I think I would have singled out, you know, had I done the underperformers podcast last week, quite frankly, but it does go to show you, especially in DFS tournaments, if you get a guy that's cheap and absolutely no one's going to play and, and he's on this list, you know, with, with the decent expectation, you know, might be worth taking a shot, even though it's not someone we might typically identify in DFS. And that's part of the reason why I really like doing this model is some of this stuff lines up with just our base projections work. And I think ultimately our projections for the week are more, much more important than this, but it does help define some gaps where there might be some players that we overlook a little bit that might have a bit more pop than we realize. We also see a big result for DJ Moore with Sam Darnold, at quarterback. I tweeted kind of a joke that, you know, we started the year thinking it was going to be a great season for DJ Moore because the quarterback play couldn't get worse than Darnold and company last year. And now it's come full circle where Sam Darnold is the savior for DJ Moore. So um, things look good for him on the low end of the model as far as some failures. I saw Tyler Boyd fail against Tennessee. Now we get chased back. He's on the by Leone again, but with you know, the model, of course, doesn't know that Chase is back. Uh Deontay Johnson just seems like every week he's he's on here um and, and just can't produce. Dulcich has been on here not producing. Um, he's going to be on again. I think he's one to chase a little bit more just because tight end is so bad that like at least give me that upside that he has. And Mike Evans with the biggest disappointment of the model with his performance last week against Cleveland. And the model didn't know he would get targeted heavily against Cleveland, but he actually against Cleveland, you know, continued to get targeted, continued to see a lot of air yards. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, he actually had yeah nine targets for 130 air yards in a red zone target. Turned that into two catches for 31 yards. So no surprise that he is the top underperformer um, for this week and, and top target. And 
it, you know, we're going to see an absolutely massive week from Mike Evans. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but it's going to happen when you look at his opportunity. He, over the last six weeks, five games for Tampa Bay, double digit target average for Mike Evans, which is a big deal for a guy who gets targets on the field. Um, in the course of this, you know, that stretch, he's had games with 130, 184, and 217 air yards. In two of those three, he had multiple red zone looks in addition to all the air yards. So ceiling is incredible here. You know, he gets one week where he clicks on some of those long balls, converts the red zone. You know, we, we can see 150 and three touchdowns for Mike. We can see 200 yard on from Mike Evans. Um, really, it's not unrealistic. It's going to be very volatile. Chris Godwin's going to be the guy there who is much more consistent, but Evans is the guy that you do want to continue firing in DFS tournaments. Michael Gallup's at the bottom of the model here, but I did want to mention him. Uh, people think I made a stone and that I only look at the spreadsheets, but hashtag I test. Michael Gallup looked incredible on Thanksgiving. I think he went like 554 in the first half. Um, had a quiet second half, but made some really strong contested catches. Also got some more looks down the field. Uh, you know, he gets a dome game against the Colts. I could see a pretty high ceiling game from Gallup, and the model agrees that he's underperformed. So. I think, you know, his health and the opportunities lining up at a good time for him. Ellen Lazard is not getting the attention that Chris Wat Christian Watson is for good reason. Christian Watson has been absolutely incredible, really exceeded my expectations for the whole season. And he did in a span of two to three weeks, just finding the end zone routinely. I do think that results in Alan Lazard going overlooked and undervalued especially if you know we do need Aaron Rodgers to be healthy and playing. But um, Lazard's you know, kind of similar to Mike Evans. He has a nice combination of the potential for a big air yard outing, so big plays, and then also that goal line red zone usage for touchdowns. And then finally, as I always note, whenever you get the studs on here, we pay attention. And the studs this week that are on here in particular, for me, are A.J. Brown and Mark Andrews because we know these guys are efficient players and the model doesn't know they're efficient players. So if they've been underperforming relative to a league average player would do in that opportunity, when we know Mark Andrews and A.J. Brown are two of the most efficient players at their positions, then we're going to see some regression in a big, big way. Not you know telling you something that you don't know, but sometimes people get frustrated with these players in DFS, especially the more volatile ones, and they game log chase too much. So definitely don't game log chase and and FUD Andrews and AJ Brown. Those are two guys that you want to get into your lineup. Uh, Brown has a fun matchup against Tennessee. Of course, we get the revenge game, but also a Tennessee team that has inflated pass attempts for the opposition, just the way their defense is constructed. The best way to attack them is aerially. Again, since something the model doesn't know, but a little extra context to add in. You can see all of Adams context under here and you can see he notes the uh the revenge game in tennessee for aj brown all right thanks so much for tuning in like i said i will be back with the game scores podcast tonight with adam rausch quick look ahead for week 13 best of luck everybody playing dfs and in your season-long fantasy contest